Welcome to The Payments Connection. I'm Jess, Head of Marketing at Bridge. We connect the global payments ecosystem and enable growth through our intuitive modular payment orchestration technology. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Samuel Flynn, CEO and founder at Hansin, who are a group and split payment solution. Samuel joins us today to share more about the foundations of Hansin, why alternative payment methods and checkout optionality is crucial for merchants in a competitive online market, and how greater flexibility at the checkout is not only driving a positive customer experience, but supporting merchants to reduce cart abandonment, secure greater revenue, and build long-term loyalty. So please introduce yourself for the listeners. Oh, my name is Samuel Flynn. I'm the co-founder and chief exec of Hands In. At Hands In, we're building a new payments platform, providing two unique split payment services. The first being splitting payments across several cars, and the second being splitting payments for groups. What we're trying to do here at Hands In is tackle two key issues. The first being that credit limits can often prevent customers from purchasing effectively at the checkout especially within high basket areas such as travel, ticketing, and other areas of hospitality. An example of this would be, say, a customer wants to book a long-haul flight and the basket amount exceeds this person's credit limit. Naturally, this increases the chance of car abandonment and an equally payment decline due to insufficient funds. And then on the group side, the current payment process for groups to complete a transaction online is often difficult and cumbersome for a single person to manage an upfront. And especially with a group purchase, uh, we often notice that the basket values are much, much higher, especially within travel uh, and areas such as ticketing. So again, this goes back to the earlier point of that this increases the chance of cart abandonment and then equally payment decline due to insufficient funds. So we have a platform that provides two solutions, spreading payments across multiple cards for a single payment. So how this product works is it enables customers to go to the checkout of one of our selected retailers choose to split this payment across multiple cards option, entering each designated amount in each card. We then essentially authorize each of those amounts on each of those a card, and then capture those funds via the merchants connected gateway and acquiring infrastructure. And then for our group payment solution, instead of the lead booker having to go through the painful job of chasing everyone down and typically upfronting the entire cost of the transaction, we have a nice little product that goes on top of the hosted payment page for the merchant, that then enables that merchant to offer the ability for groups to check out together online. So now the group lead booker can simply just go to the checkout, select the pay by group option, split the transaction, whether this be in equal amounts with each items in the cart or with custom amounts, share the link to pay with their peers, which can be done for a link share, QR code, text message and email, and everyone joins together and pays simultaneously. And the mission behind our business is we're focused on delivering increases in incremental revenue to airlines, OTAs, and leisure and hospitality merchants, but then equally working alongside payment providers like Bridge to help them deliver increases in incremental revenue for their clients and have this plug and play approach with each of our services. We've been live less than a year now. We work with online travel agents like Visit Carlingford and airlines like Air Europa, and we have fantastic partnerships with the likes of Bridge, which is why we're here today. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us on the Payments Connection. And that was a, a brilliant introduction to, to the business. To just get started, to set the scene for the audience, could you share a little bit more about the foundations of Hansin? Where did the solution come about? How do you think the checkout is evolving in this modern age? 
Yes. So the business started sort of like any entrepreneur that wants to build a fintech or payment business outside of university, I have noticed comes to this core issue, which is splitting expenses. So whilst I was a university student, uh, I noticed this to be a common issue, whether it be on nights out, uh, you know, booking tickets to go to a nightclub or a specific event, or even for example, travel, there wasn't really an efficient way to do this. And even with the consumer led apps, what was normally happening is someone would have to actually pay the amount, be left out of pocket, then go through the process of chasing the money. Or if you're using bill management apps like Splitwise, it's really just a tallying service as to who owes who what. There's actually no infrastructure embedded into that service to enable people to do peer-to-peer -peer transactions. And I thought with that specific concept and problem that there was this gaping hole on the B2B side where potentially if this solution was merchant-driven, not only could the consumers essentially navigate the splitting of the expenses all in one place, but then equally deliver some incremental business back to uh, the merchants within these target sectors. Um, and I went on a bit of an exploratory process for that. So I went and spoke with a very large travel agency that was uh, quite closely connected to my university. They mentioned that they understand that this is a problem for their users. They equally see a higher level of decline codes due to insufficient funds, and they see uh, those decline codes occur on larger pack sizes, and particular with the Gen Z millennial generation where their credit limits are often quite low. So they're forced to either split the expense or the car payment fails because not enough people have enough money. Um, so it kind of just started from there, and then we were able to raise a small round of funding to get the business going, build out a fantastic advisory team, the incredibly well networked in payments and gain investment from key leaders at uh, leading payment organizations such as GoCardless, WellPay and Elevon. And then over time, the business has slowly transitioned into being more of a split payments platform. This come about because in conversations with our airline client, Air Europa, uh, obviously they notified the fact that we were splitting payments across several cards, but in this case, ultimately multiple people. Um, they then asked the question, well, could you do this on a single booking? And the answer was yes, because obviously we had that infrastructure built in. Um, but obviously before uh, we went away and just built something and uh, not to become a bus bespoke solution, we went and tested this out with the rest of our pipeline to see if this was a uh, an issue for them worth solving. And if they're seeing this as a, a, something that's relatively urgent and needing to be prioritized, and that fact remained. So then uh, we built this solution out and now we're selling two tools into this industry uh, or these industries targeting these two specific issues, which is tackling car abandonment, which is obviously a massive problem across all different types of sectors and industries, but then equally payment decline due to insufficient funds on high basket items. It sort of feels like this should have been around for for a lot longer than it has really, given that you know we've all been there where we've not been able to split a payment and it's been very frustrating how someone's had to take that personal risk, whether it's for hen parties or for holidays with family. It is something that we've all we've all faced, our tickets for concerts, for example. Why do you think it started now? Like why why do you think there's such a, a rise in interest now? And why now for hands in two? I think there's a rise in interest now. In the same way, there's a rise in interest now for payment orchestration because businesses have been forced post-pandemic to become much more tech-enabled. Everything has moved online. Uh, and when things move online, personalization in terms of converting traffic into paying customers has become key. So 
new forms of alternative payment methods like the ones that hands in provides but equally the ones that bridge ultimately support uh, have become ever more prevalent so say for example on a group purchase potentially you know pre-pandemic people were making payments via cash or going into a local travel agent post-pandemic none of that occurs so there's a lot of like changing consumer behavior but then equally just the nature of sort of the the macroeconomic ties of businesses moving to more of a digital state and part of the digital state is that they have to have payments in mind um, when i joined this industry many names would say well you know if you don't have payments you can't run a business and that is totally true uh, and we fit into the category of payment optimization essentially through these two very new use cases so that's why i think the business will be successful sort of between now and the end point of this decade because that trend is only going to continue we're seeing open banking being incredibly prevalent buy now pay later has obviously been fantastic for the payments industry and there's only going to be more innovation and hands in i think fits into that you've talked a little bit there about optionality which is a a common trend that we we regularly see and we've um recently done a consumer survey which highlighted you know appetite for greater optionality at the checkout and and people also being encouraged to try new things and feeling incentivized by choice at the checkout which can as you've just shared reduce friction and um, for different reasons depending on what people are looking for from that new payment method where would you say that your solution sits in this sort of new world of alternative payment methods we we sit in the sectors of high basket values where they're experiencing, you know, there's a high level of traffic to the site and they're experiencing uh, a relatively large number of declines and ultimately declines due to insufficient funds. The high traffic to the site is important because obviously there's that cart abandonment conversion piece and the car decline piece is important because obviously that's the fundamental issue. High basket, so areas like travel, so online travel agencies, airlines, as we mentioned, ticketing, hospitality, uh, this is really where we sit. Um, and obviously on the personalization aspect of the problem that we're solving, if a customer fails to make the purchase on one card payment, but for example, in areas of the market like LATAM, where they're using multiple different types of cards and credit cards, having the flexibility to spread that payment across potentially two or three cards is a great way of getting them to convert at the point of sale. And obviously on the group payment side, especially with Gen Z millennials, you know, in the case of travel, more than 60% of Gen Z millennials travel together in at least groups of three or more. But the fact there isn't sort of, you know, a merchant facing solution that helps tackle that obvious payment need is sort of why, you know, we exist. And as we mentioned, the credit limits are low. So it kind of does tackle into that issue of them abandoning the cart to go away and collect the funds to make the purchase. And if that service was there at the checkout, they wouldn't necessarily need to do that and delay time on actually completing the payment. But then equally when they make the payment, you know, declines occur. And again, from what we've seen, declines occur on bookings of larger pack sizes, large ATB, which is why these two solutions perfectly fit together to tackle the market. We've talked a bit, quite a bit about what what we as individuals who would shop online and find where we were at the checkout and how we would like to pay if we were needing to split, for example. What about the merchant side? We've talked a little bit about that, but I just wonder if you could dig in a little bit deeper. You know, it's important for you and for us at Bridge yep. that ensuring that the merchants are on board and looking at the latest innovations, such as the solutions that you're offering um, at Hands In. 
what changes are you seeing across the payments landscape that's increasing that appetite um, and getting merchants excited about utilizing new solutions and offering APMs such as Hansen? I think the biggest trend that I've seen, especially in the last 12 to 15 months, is a growing need for enterprises, especially if in travel, to utilize orchestration. And one of the reasons why they utilize orchestration is for APM enablement and ease of APM enablement. A lot of our pipeline data shows that for a merchant at enterprise level to enable this solution, yes, they could directly work with us and they can obviously do that integration, but the go-to-market strategy for us clearly seems to be to connect our services in orchestration providers, acquirers and gateways, and have this ease of APM enablement, whether that be open banking, buy now, pay later. These businesses, because payments is obviously a priority for them, but payment optimization might be kind of a very small piece of the curve, are really just looking at a pathway to autonomy to have this happen. So I would say payment orchestration really comes into that because obviously it's kind of a full stack piece, but then one of the biggest layers I think payment orchestration solves is the ease of APM enablement. So that's obviously where we really fit. But then obviously I see this as a growing trend because it will just be a domino effect. You know, the next big OTA that accepts orchestration, the next one's going to need to. If the next airline accepts orchestration, the next one's going to need to. And it'll just be a case of why do this in-house when you're going to make lots of mistakes, lots of errors uh, in, in the process of doing that. It's going to be costly to maintain. You can outsource it to a third-party provider and have everything all in one and all in one place. It seems to me to be the biggest growing trend, I would say, probably over the next decade within payments. And obviously, you've got like customer demand that's sort of asking for these kind of solutions that you're you're offering. When you're speaking to merchants directly, are you finding that they're they're seeing that drop off and looking needing a solution, or you're being able to unveil what they're missing out on as a result of not having that at the checkout? It's a combination of both. So some merchants like kind of what we've spoken about before, especially if they have their own payments team are much more switched on to the issue. They see a large number of declines uh, specifically on larger pack sizes and then also pack sizes of higher ATV. So I mentioned long haul flights, which is where both of those solutions can potentially exist, obviously for groups multiplying across multiple people. But then equally, say for like the way that airlines and OTAs currently accept group payments. So this is normally defined as say bookings of 10 and above is usually via sort of a request goes to a sales agent, sales agent then sends out an invoice for 40 to, you know, 15 to 40 transactions, however big the pack size of the group is. And that lead booker that they're in communication with has to go through that whole process. So there's manual labor, there's reconciliation errors in that. There's, it's, it's a, it's a combination. Uh, but we often do what we call business case workshop as and when the entity maybe doesn't understand the severity of the issue to take some of their numbers, such as, you know, payment volume, payment volume coming through digital, card penetration, car, uh, current card failure rate. And then we showcase to them what we can do in terms of incremental improvement. And it just creates this story based on what we've already done today. And that's been a really, really effective way as to not only signing contracts and getting people to go live, but then also going through that education process. So my answer to your question is, I say it is a combination of both. Obviously, we are a new innovative solution disrupting this market. So there's naturally going to be a tendency for market education, but we do that through our workshops. But at the same time, this is an issue and this is an issue that people do understand. You've talked a little bit there from the merchant perspective and the, and the customer, but 
really what often often people forget is actually the the experience that people are having on that checkout is well it's all the way through into it? all the marketing efforts that you put in to get someone to that checkout the payment right at the end is still a big part of that experience mm-hmm. and it's so easy nowadays to just move to another provider or find a solution elsewhere and an abandoned cart like you've said before it's critical that, that that works and offers a nice slick solution because then you come away as a consumer of that purchase knowing that that was that was seamless and you didn't have to go through like you said that manual labor having to send it out to every individual and collect the funds yourself directly so now some really really interesting points there thank you so we've come to the final spotlight question at the end of our podcast and we have actually talked quite a bit about trends but just wondered if you could share what you think is going to be one of the biggest key trends over the next 12 to 24 months that's going to have the biggest impact in the payments landscape I really do think, especially at the aviation level, our multi-card solution uh, is going to be something that we're going to see really start to ramp up in 2024 to 2025. Uh, Already we're having in the process of signing some very, very exciting deals within this sector for this product. And I think, you know, if airlines kind of topple first, because this is a bit more of a prevalent issue for them, naturally other industries will follow. But then, as I mentioned, I think payment orchestration uh, will be a really big uh, talking point kind of as a next future trend because a few years ago payment orchestration was kind of like a buzzword people didn't necessarily understand what it was and there was a big education piece I think to every event that I attend it's sort of here people are aware of it people know that they need it it's just a case of when are they going to do it Um, so those are kind of the two key trends I also see open banking having a lot of prevalence I think that's really come uh, quite big uh, from where it kind of was a few years ago. Um, there was only really a few use cases that are prior to, but now these account-to-account payments, it's obvious it can apply anywhere. So those are the real three key things that I see, and I'm sure there'll be many more to come. Uh, and uh, we will obviously all just have to be weighing around to see what that might be. There's some clear themes across all of those that you've shared about transparency and flexibility, both for cus- customers, consumers, and merchants, really. And it's all about that enablement piece, whether it's the person at the checkout being enabled to purchase or the merchant being enabled to access um, and leverage and optimize yeah. from those services. So some really good trends there. Thank you so much. And it's no been worries. an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. As always, Jess. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed our latest podcast and thanks again for joining us on The Payments Connection. For more insightful discussions on payment trends, the e-commerce landscape and the ever-evolving fintech ecosystem, subscribe to The Payments Connection podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcasting app of choice. Make sure to check out our previous episodes too and look out for future podcasts on topics spanning the role of AI and machine learning in payments, alternative payment methods, fraud and security management designing a dynamic checkout, and more. You can also find out more about Bridge and how payment orchestration is supporting enterprise merchants globally to boost authorization rates, mitigate fraud, and deliver the best end-to-end customer journey over on our website at br-dge.to. See you next time.